0: Well, I think it can be as simple as just saying it, just letting it out and letting them know, because more often than not, we hold this vision in our minds that, you know, either that they should know what we want, or if I'm sort of giving them hints, you know, very passively, like they should get it. But sometimes it needs to be as plain as day that you specifically say, hey, I really want to try this. Now, I can understand the resistance or the shyness that can come in, especially when it's something new that you're introducing to the relationship that you haven't tried before, because of course, there's so much stigma around everything.
1: Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. Welcome to the second live podcast recording. I am so excited to be here today with Alon. We are talking all about pleasure and erotic confidence with our live interactive audience today. Ooh, you guys can share. <laughs> so, I just want to start by doing a brief introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself a lot and kind of what you do before we jump right into the questions with the audience. Yeah. So, I'm so excited to be here, first and foremost. I am a sex
0: and intimacy coach, and I specialize in helping women to really reclaim their voice and their confidence in all areas of life. So that is pretty much in a nutshell what I do. I host women's retreats. I do online coaching and I do lots of podcast
1: interviews. So here we are. Yes, same. All right. Well, we're just going to jump right into it today and go into our questions. The first question is, is it normal to feel some sort of guilt with self pleasure when you have a partner? Yes, it is. It is very normal to
0: feel guilt, I would say. I think that's a part of the experience at times as well. And we could really get into that question on what type of guilt you're feeling, whether that's feeling guilt for experiencing too much pleasure or more pleasure than they are, or just experiencing pleasure at all. But I think it's really about working with the guilt and creating a better relationship with it rather than just trying to not have it in the first place.
1: Yeah. And I think that, like you said, it's, it's normal to have guilt with self-pleasuring. But I would also like to emphasize that you don't have to have guilt for self-pleasuring and you deserve all of the pleasure that you want. And it doesn't have to be partnered. you know. With self-pleasuring, I think the biggest benefit is learning what you like, learning about yourself, which allows you to bring that into partnership too. And so there are a lot of advantages of self-pleasuring that your partners actually get to enjoy too. And so I think that there's a definitely a lot to work with there and that it is something that can happen, but you don't have to experience that. And definitely something to explore further to see where is that coming from? Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good question. question. Ooh, I like this. Okay. I have been in an on and off tumultuous relationship for years and find it so difficult to open up sexually to other men. Do you have any suggestions for how I can let go and get back out there sexually?
0: I would say the first step in this process would be coming back home to yourself Mm -hmm. and spending time. I don't know if celibacy is the answer for you. You have to feel into that. But taking time to really create a foundation and home within you, first and foremost, before you... Let that energy be shared with somebody else sexually. That is really what comes to mind for, you know, as the first step.
1: Yeah. Getting back out there sexually. I think that it really is important to, to like come home to yourself and really decide like a cord cutting ceremony, like cut the ties with the relationship. The longer you're holding on to that, the more it's going to continue to be there and prevent you from seeing other people or having other relationships. So I do think that cutting the cord, cutting the ties with the person, the individual can be really, really beneficial as well. And that will help allow you to be more in like a place to go inward. Yeah, and I would
0: say add to that, gaining clarity on what, kind of relationship you want and really journaling it out, the specifics of what made this relationship tumultuous and what do you want to experience going forward? Because there is a shift in energy that takes place, right? And sometimes that shift in energy feels either boring to your nervous system or it feels Mm -hmm. like doesn't feel right, that doesn't mean it's not right. It just means that it's new because you have gotten used to what tumultuous feels like. So gaining clarity on what it is that you want to experience, I think will also really help you when you're meeting people to be able to like vet that person a little bit more and create more clarity around what experience you want to
1: have. So. There was something that you brought up that I also think that we should talk about too is when you are in relationship or transitioning, looking at like, how did I contribute to this relationship and really reflecting like they may have done something that resulted in the end or resulted in these behaviors, whatever, but how did you contribute to? And I think really looking inward is important with all situations, the relationships that are toxic that ended, the relationships that were really good that ended for whatever reason, that reflection can provide so much insight going forward as well. And then also when you are in a toxic relationship, like I am somebody who's in a lot of been in a lot of toxic relationships in the past. And I think that sometimes you have to ask yourself, like, what am I looking for in this? Like, why am I attracting this? And again, looking inward in that they they don't have to be toxic relationships. You deserve whatever that is that you want. The next question, how can one look past their flaws and build their erotic confidence?
0: I love this question. Yes,
1: I don't believe that it's
0: looking past our flaws. Mm -hmm. I believe that it's actually facing them, face forward, meeting them, and loving them, right? Creating, again, a better relationship with what we perceive as our flaws. So with that, it's really almost a, and if you guys haven't read the book Existential Kink, I highly recommend this book. It's all about Really leaning into not even just facing the things that you don't like about yourself, but actually leaning into the things that you don't like about yourself. Because on a subconscious level, we, you know, I'll take money as an example. If you're always struggling with money and you're like, I just want to be past this already, I don't want to be struggling with it anymore, there's still a subconscious part of you that does enjoy not the struggle necessarily. It's not like you want to be struggling with it, but you want to maybe feel cared for. You want to not have to be the one responsible for, you know, creating money and living and taking care of yourself. So there's always these little nuanced parts of ourselves that, though our conscious may believe that we don't like about ourselves or that we want to shun or hate or whatever, behind the scenes, there's something more going on. So I really encourage you to lean into the things that you perceive as flaws. For myself, as an example, growing up, I think this is a huge thing for a huge topic for women, body image. Mm -hmm. I had absolutely zero self-esteem in myself. I remember talking to my mom and being like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I get good grades. I'm not like terrible looking. I have boyfriends, like, but I don't have any self-esteem. And I've just always feel fat and I hated my stomach specifically. I hated my roles. And when I was going through my own healing journey of truly accepting and loving my body and my flaws as they were, I learned to first accept them neutralizing the energy around my body rolls, my tummy rolls. But then I started to play with my tummy rolls. When I was masturbating or during sex, Like I would hold my stomach. And through that, I really learned how to almost turn it into a turn-on, which is, I think just so beautiful when you can actually
1: go through that journey and, and experience that for yourself. I love that suggestion. And I've done something very similar where I look in the mirror and I hold and send love to the parts of my body that I feel less confident with. Mm. Now, as far as like actual other tips that you can do, one of my favorites is lingerie. Lingerie, I think, is amazing because it can cover the areas maybe you're not super confident in right now and enhance the other areas of your body that you do maybe really enjoy. And I think that's a really, really helpful tool for embracing your erotic confidence. And I agree with you in like leaning into your flaws and more so like embracing them, embracing your uniqueness and what makes you you. Eye gazing, I think, is also a really helpful tool. That's something that we kind of talked about earlier with looking at yourself and dancing in the mirror. Doing a sensual dance for yourself is a really, really great way. Like seduce yourself, turn yourself on. That's a really great way to build erotic confidence. We talked about pole earlier, twerk classes. A lot of those build that erotic confidence and that self-turn on. Ooh, I love this question. What are some ways to schedule sex that keeps it sexy? I will totally take the lead on this one. Yes. So scheduled sex, I think it's such a bad rep in that we all think of it as like this, we must have sex. We must like have this, we have this window of time. And I prefer to think of scheduled sex more as like scheduled intimacy and connection with partner. And that this is a time to just like slow down and be present with your person. And some ways to go about that where it feels a little bit less scheduled is maybe have like two or three blocks during the week that are connected intimacy times. And it may lead to sex. It may not lead to sex. But it really just kind of depends on what the vibe is. Another way to schedule sex is alternate who in the relationship is going to initiate. So each week, like maybe this week you initiate and then next week they initiate. And you can kind of always alternate so that it's scheduled in a way, but can also just go with the vibe. Those are some of my tips for scheduled sex. I love those. What came up for me is...
0: I love making little comments as if I'm like whispering to my partner. You know, for me and for so many women, it's like we can want it this hour and the next hour, we're like, nah, I'm good. So sometimes scheduling it is difficult because you're like, I want to in general, but I don't know if I'm going to want to when that time comes up. So I think that's also beautiful what you said earlier of like just make the intention be intimacy time instead of the act of sex because that also puts so much pressure on you sometimes to then be like okay well i need to like get in the mood now but cultivating intimacy whether that is through just physical touch whether that's just making out for an hour or Doing a back massage or doing an eye-gazing exercise, whatever it is, that really gives way for the organic unfolding of sex, if
1: it's meant to be that evening, or yeah, that day, or, or morning, course, whatever. Yeah. Scheduled sex, I think, is just so tricky because it, it gets a bad rap. Like it has bad connotation out there, but it can be fun and and it can be super sexy and super hot to build that anticipation and know that it's coming as well. So I think a lot of it also has to do with the way you think about it. And you brought up something about like, maybe you're not going to feel any interest at that time. Also think about what needs to happen in order for you to be interested in sex. So if you need your house to be clean, you need the laundry to be folded, you need the kids to be away, whatever that looks like, Make sure that that happens beforehand so that you are setting the mood to be potentially interested. But if your house is dirty and you know that that's an automatic turnoff for you, it's not going to work. So knowing some of the things that you need in order to be turned on to like that. Next question. Ooh, what are some tips or advice on how to communicate or let your partners know what your desires are? Well, I think it can be as simple as
0: just saying it, just letting it out and letting them know, because more often than not, we hold this vision in our minds that, you know, either they should know what we want, or if I'm sort of giving them hints, you know, very passively, like they should get it. But sometimes it needs to be as plain as day that you specifically say, Hey, I really want to try this. Now, I can understand the resistance or the shyness that can come in, especially when it's something new that you're introducing to the relationship that you haven't tried before. There, because, of course, there's so much stigma around everything. And when it comes to that, I, I really. Feel like it's letting yourself, even if you're again doing mirror work, talking about it to yourself in front of the mirror is a good way, is a good start. Just getting comfortable even talking about it will go so far, so that by the time you actually talk about it with your partner, you're not like, um, well, okay, well, I kind of want to try too many do that <laughs> you know it's like just go for it just say it because honestly, I think the confidence behind your words and the energy that you are coming to the table with in the first place is going to either really excite your partner and be like, okay, well, that's something new, but let's try it or they'll feed off of your inner energy mm-hmm. of insecurity and so they'll kind of feel weird about it and then it breeds this awkwardness.
1: Are you ready to start understanding yourself better, learning and recognizing your patterns, and really develop a relationship with yourself? If this sounds like you, the Unleashing My Power, a Women's Empowerment and Gratitude Journal is for you. This journal was specifically curated for women just like you to help you take back your power and develop, and go to the next level in life. My friend Danielle and I created this journal because of our own experiences and what we were looking for in a daily practice to improve our connection to self and really become connected with ourselves. This is game-changing, and the feedback that we are getting from other women who have started using this journal is absolutely amazing. You can find it on Amazon or you can go to jordandonelle.com slash journal and it'll take you right there. I hope you enjoy. Be sure to go snag yours right away and leave me a review. Tell us what you think about it. Slide in the DMs. I know that your life will change when you start using this journal. I 100% agree. And I think too, talking with like girlfriends or in spaces like this can really help build your confidence in talking about that so that when you take it to your partner, you're able to confidently state it or you can just practice, like tell a girlfriend that you feel safe with, like, Hey, I want to practice saying this. So practice conversations. One other way, like if there's still resistance to that, which I totally understand that for a lot of people, there still, there will be, you can get like a piece of paper and both of you just write down like different ideas and put them in a jar and draw from them. Or you can get like a want, will, won't list and cut it all up into strips and put it in and draw them out and then have conversations about everything. So it's just opening up the floor for conversations around sex and desires. And that may lead to you both being like, "Ooh, that sounds really interesting. So it's, it's more of a beat around the bush type approach, but again, just opens up that open communication for further conversations about your desires.
0: Yes. And that just sparked an idea for me. There is also a Kink test that you can take online with your partner separately. They take it, you take it, and it has every single kink that you could ever think of, and you'd probably learn a lot from taking mm-hmm. it. Because I did. I was like, I don't know what like a lot of this stuff even means. Great learning moments, but you take the test. It's basically the same thing of like would be willing to try, love doing it, would not do this. And the results will blend you and your partner together. So, And it'll only show the things that you absolutely would love to or are willing to try. So if there's a mismatch, on like, oh, I love this. And, he, and they're like, oh, I'm not going to do that at all. It won't even show in the results.
1: Oh, we need the link for this. Well, we'll provide. <laughs> we'll provide. We'll intro. send that on an email that goes out after the show. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to actually bring this up earlier in the evening, there is something called the erotic blueprints. And somebody was talking about being very sensual and liking touch and the scene and sense. And that is the sensual erotic blueprint. But there are five different blueprints. You have shapeshifter, which means you do them all. Energetic, where it's all energy-based. You have your sexual you're sensual, and then you're kinky. And that can be another tool to really help open up conversations about sex and pleasure with your partner and better understand what you need in relationship and in sexual experiences. For me, I find that it helps me understand my partners better and what they need so that I can make sure to like be a little bit more considerate. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, our next question. How do I get my partner more involved with the tease and lead up to sex? I have had conversations about foreplay. So,
0: oftentimes, teasing foreplay, this kind of also blends with what we were just talking about the erotic blueprints. These elements can be more challenging and difficult for. Certain ind- individuals, especially for men, because they tend to be more sexually driven. It's more of a physical, like, oh, I'm ready, can go now, <laughs> you know? And women need more foreplay, lead up, like sensuality, energetics. And so I do feel like if there is a mismatch, that it is our responsibility to convey and to communicate. What it is we need, right? And so, if you've been trying to talk to your partner about, like, hey, can we have more foreplay? And then it's just still not happening. It's most likely because they still don't really know and understand or have an education around what or how to properly give you that. And so, I think it's a great learning opportunity for them. In one instance, for you to specifically create or cultivate like ideas, maybe you're like, this is how I want to be led into sex. If you don't even know, though, I think that's a great starting point is you got to get clarity on what it is you want to experience with foreplay because foreplay Mm -hmm. can look like so many different things. So getting an idea and then creating an invitation for them instead of demanding or instead of getting flustered and being like, why can't you just do this or this or this? You know, that immediately makes your partner want to shut down and get defensive. So it has to be this sensual, seductive invitation of like, hey, let's spend some time before, like maybe... 45 minutes before we even have sex tonight, really just like making out and touching or would you care to give me a massage or maybe I'll give you a massage, you know, whatever that may look like.
1: Yeah. I love that you pointed out that like a lot of people don't know what foreplay is. And if you just say the word foreplay, my version of foreplay is not the same version of foreplay for you. And so really getting clear on what the hell is foreplay for you and what do you want? The other thing that I think is important is turn yourself on. It isn't necessarily their responsibility to do it either. So maybe explore yourself, do things for yourself. I think it's Ian Kerner who wrote in his book, She Comes First, or one of his books that The foreplay starts when the last sexual encounter ends. And so that whole time is build up, but doing those erotic things for yourself, those sexy things for yourself is going to help turn you on and get you excited for the next encounter. So I wouldn't necessarily leave it all to them, but also being very clear. And and if you just say, like, I want foreplay, what's foreplay? I mean, that's like when we say I I want. Pleasure. You know, before the podcast recording, we were talking about pleasure. Well, what's pleasure? How do you define that? Because there are so many different ways. And I think that's where it gets really tricky with sex, is there are so many different definitions and interpretations that we have to be really clear and have the language to explain what we actually mean. And I know in the work that I do, one of the biggest things is learning the language to communicate what we want man. That felt so juicy. Next question. What did you do to first start exploring yourself? This is juicy. I started using toys at like the age of 15. So I have always aroused myself, so to speak. But, Interestingly enough, I was orgasming this entire time, but until the age of like 23, I never really understood what an orgasm was. I didn't have the language to comprehend what was actually happening with my body. And so it took until a lot later in my life to really start exploring. So, what I first really did to start exploring is learning, learning what's out there, learning what's available, and then One of my favorite things to do is a self-pleasure meditation where you are just spending time alone, giving yourself pleasure, not necessarily reaching orgasm, but just pleasure. Touching yourself, learning like, okay, where do I like to be touched? What feels good? Do I like light touch? Do I like deep touch? Do I like energetic touch where there's no touch at all? What do I like? Do I like the room in a certain vibe? Like really exploring what feels good for me. And then same with toys, like trying the different toys, trying the different locations and exploring my entire Volvo rather than just going for the clitoris. And so I think like curiosity is the the word that's coming to mind and just being curious about my own body and the potential that it has. Yes, 1 million percent.
0: Starting to explore really for me was allowing myself not to be goal oriented because for me in a majority of my life, once I started having sex, I mean, you know, apart from this religious shame and everything, I really was so goal oriented and I came at it from the perspective of, you know, a male in that you have sex to climax. Now, I never climaxed with any guy until I was like 25 and I thought I was broken, but I faked it. And that was sort of like the end goal. But in exploring myself, it's really not about the orgasm. And I want to just hammer this point home of like, it truly is not about the orgasm just focus on different techniques instead of you know finding the one thing that makes you climax every time and then just doing that repetitively free yourself from that that mindset and be like okay how can i touch myself differently instead of always going in this motion what if i spent time like you know, caressing this way or actually like just doing different things and meeting the moment where it's at. If it doesn't necessarily feel good or feel bad, observe it. And that's, I think, going back to the curiosity.
1: Yeah, I think just staying curious with yourself, Mm -hmm. 100%. And also, we change over time our bodies are constantly changing. There are periods of life where they're going to change more. Childbirth, menopause, that has a lot of changes. And then there's also the hormonal standpoint that plays into all of that, which could be a whole nother rabbit hole we go into. But what feels good today may not feel good tomorrow or the next day or next year or five years from now. So continuing to explore your ever-changing desires and interests because they're just not the same. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I've talked a lot about on social media and on the podcast before is the pleasure rabbit hole. And that when we do the same thing every single time, because it works, that's great. It works. But what you're doing is you're sending to your brain, the signal to receive pleasure in this one way. And so when you are able to explore without a goal, with just pleasure and just what it is in mind, you're able to open up your brain wave sensations, neurons. Neural pathways. Thank you. To receive pleasure in other ways. And that's one thing, like if you're somebody who wants to receive more pleasure in partnership or or on your own or whatever that looks like, that's a really great way to start training your body to be more receptive to other sexual pleasure. Yes. All right. Can you tell me more about bondage? Do you like bondage? Yes, I like bondage. Yes. <laughs> What's your favorite type of bondage? Shibari. Ooh, tell us about shibari. So, Shibari is actually an
0: ancient Japanese technique that was used in war, actually, that has crossed over into the sexual realm. And there are so many different ways to be tied, whether it's your whole body, whether you're suspended, whether you just have cuffs on you. And the experience is truly supposed to be a meditation of both the giver and the receiver. So really, it's about the surrender for the person being tied. And it's about creating the experience of surrender for the person who is tying. I don't mean to say that the person tying well, they are in more of a a dominant position inherently, but it's not about being a dominatrix in what we uh, general society views as dominatrixes to be very skewed. But anyway, it's really about just surrendering into the experience and feeling the sensation of rope with every single line that gets crossed And that gets looped through being so present with it. It's such a beautiful space to be in, and you can get into a really beautiful subspace with it. And it has helped me heal a lot of my own anxieties around being held down and being tied up and restricted. It's been a very
1: therapeutic modality for me. There's so many different types of bondage one of my favorite places to actually explore bondage is at like a sex club. So House of Black is predominantly like a BDSM sex club. And there are, I think that sex clubs are great because they generally have different rooms with different types of activities to explore. So you have like the cross that you can use. You have different types of spanking tools. Usually you're going to need to bring those yourself, but like, floggers versus like horse hair. You can use metal. It's all about getting like creative with what you have. You could spank with the rose that's over there, or you could get a paddle out of your kitchen sink. And that can now be considered some type of BDSM tool. So I kind of went down like less of the bondage and more the BDSM, but you know, there, there's also like the bed restraints. There are so many different ways, but I, I like Sex clubs for exploring that because you can access a lot of different things without having to buy it all. Love that. Yeah, they have like like just swings. On which one go to
0: though too. Yeah. Not, all,
1: not all are created equal. They are not. And I haven't been to House of Blacks, but I just know that that's a little bit more BDSM scene.
0: Hmm.
1: Must try. Yeah. What other questions do you guys have? We will open up the mic for any additional questions. So continued. To- question on the bondage BDSM and sex
0: club. How, like, I know sex clubs are welcoming-ish, but I've
1: heard like some of these lifestyles and stuff aren't as welcoming to like newcomers and are kind of like clicky and like, how do you go about finding them or finding people? Yes. I think that's a great question. And my first thought is FetLife. FetLife is a really, really great tool. It is a website for meeting with other people who are interested in things similar to you, and so there's a lot of meetups there. That would be like my first go to tool. What do you love, Fat Life? Yeah,
0: one hundred percent. I was just going to make a comment on different communities being welcoming and not because I've experienced both sides. I've been to different like orgies and more house parties that have not been very inclusive and definitely were very clicky. Like I would go and everybody seemed to know each other and they were, it was just almost a little like weird incestuous vibe. Like they were all poly and they were all intermeshed. And then I've been to parties and clubs that are just super welcoming and you can go and really just observe if you want. You don't have to do anything. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's judging you. You just go, you can just see what people are doing or you can go and partake. You can be in a room by yourself or you can be in a big room with a bunch of people. But I would say it's intention is a huge thing. And obviously it's not just intention of like, well, I hope to find people or I intend to find people that are welcoming, but really sitting with that. And I I do feel there's like a, almost a manifestation element to that of like, this is the kind of vibe I want to be in. And in time through trial and error, you do find the different venues and different parties that really do mesh with you. So there is an exploration aspect, I think, just like letting yourself Be in different environments to see what you like
1: more than others. Yeah. I haven't had a non-welcoming experience, but I also haven't been to a ton of places. And so I think for me, FetLife would be the go-to just to meet similar people and start having conversations there. It's kind of like the easiest way to explain it if you don't have FetLife is like a Facebook for kinky people or for people who are wanting to explore. And not everybody there is participating in anything. Some people are there just to observe. Some people are there to play. But I think that's a really great starting point. Thank you for that question. Who else would like to come up to the mic and ask another question? I invite somebody to come up and ask a really juicy sexual question. Ooh. This sounds intense. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think is holding women back from having more pleasurable sexual experiences?
0: In general, I feel that societal expectation and conditioning has held women back for centuries on what is deemed to be acceptable from having and experiencing pleasure.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I think on you know, trickled down as a result of, I think the power of expression is what holds women back from experiencing pleasure Mm. through voice and sound, through movement, just letting ourselves be fully
1: wild and raw and human. Yeah. I love that answer. I think that shame is also a really big thing and, and that's kind of feeding off of your societal norms part, but there is so much shame and the reality is, is every single one of us is a kinky little fucker and that the all sex for the majority is is kinky in some way, shape or form. If you like to be spanked, that is a kink. Like if you like mirror play, that is a kink. Like literally shoot, Doggy style could be a kink when when I think of like the most non-kinkiest form of sex. Not that I'm trying to grade it, but missionary. And for the most part, most people are not doing just missionary. So my point is that like we're all kinky. We're all doing fun stuff, yet there's so much judgment over who likes anal, who likes prostate plate. And then also like just. Who wants double penetration? Who wants two partners? Who wants more than two partners? There's just so much shame over the pleasure potential. And at the end of the day, it's all about receiving pleasure and having fun and being able to express yourself sexually in whatever way feels good for you. So I think that shame is a huge thing and it prevents a lot of people from really stepping into and claiming what they like because of the fear of judgment from maybe other people. Yeah, come on up to the mic. How did kind of you see? Oh, I love juicy. What if your kink is your partner's
0: insecurity? Example I've only ever dated black guys. Same girl. My partner is not black. My ex partner, whatever, is not black. What if you were to like want to introduce a black toy?
1: Mm-hmm. That's been
0: a lot. So to answer the question in general first and foremost I think this is a great opportunity in the relationship that you have with this person because here comes a moment where there is you wanting or being really into something and then having a direct experience with that and it being a point of insecurity. So I think there's this point that they also in the situation need to feel safe and they need to be able to feel that there isn't like some threat to the relationship, right? So getting more granular with it in the context of you wanting to bring in a black toy when that partner is not Black, I think is a great, it starts with a conversation. It starts with like, hey, I'm really into this. This doesn't mean that you're not good enough. This doesn't mean that I want that over you. This doesn't mean that you're not good enough in any way, shape, or form. It's for me, this is an addition to the experience. Like this is just to like, honestly, it helps bring you and your partner closer, if anything, right? Because if you get to experience what you want to in that moment, that's a point of like, wow, I love this. I love being able to experience all of this together. And as much as you are able to convey that to them, I think they'll be able to feel safe and sort of Oh, okay. Relax into the experience more and more. And I think it takes time too. Sometimes it's not just this like one conversation that you have where you're like, I want to do this. And then you get impatient with it. You also have to have patience with your partner.
1: Yeah. And I think that safety is really important in that having a conversation about, is that something that they're comfortable with? Like are, and are we going down the route of I want to make you feel insecure. And that could absolutely be a type of kink. But is that something that they want and are open to? Because if not, you know, you, you do have to consider that too. I don't know. I don't That's remember it. what kind of kink that is. But Degradation kink?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: So like some some people are into that and want that as part of their sexual experience. And so I think that that's a a conversation to be had too. Mm -hmm. Well, ladies, this has been so fun chatting with you all. I so appreciate you coming to chat with me today and share all of your juicy knowledge. And I appreciate all of the women in the audience here who have contributed to this podcast and been vulnerable and opening up about their own experiences and their curiosities. So. Where can the listeners find you at?
0: They can find me on Instagram. My at is Alon.Zalenka, which I'm sure will be in this show notes. Yes. And then I also have a TikTok, same
1: name. Beautiful. This podcast is sponsored by Intimacy Coaching by Jordan Donnell. Have you ever desired more from your sex life or feel like you're having good sex, but curious about how to make it even better? Are you desiring a deeper, intimate connection with yourself? Or maybe you are dealing with desire and arousal concerns or struggling with communicating your desires with your partner. If you're hearing this and thinking, hmm, that might be me and you're curious to learn a bit more, let's chat. I would love to talk with you more to see if working with me is a good fit for you. To learn more about intimacy coaching with Jordan Donnell, go to coaching.jordandonell.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.